Community Cats podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats Podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I've been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. Today, we're speaking with Khalil Sakakini. Khalil has been with us before on the show. He was back on episode number 57. If you want to hear about some of the work that he's done, find out in detail about his background and his relationship with animals, you can feel free to go to the communitycatspodcast.com website, put in number 57 or Khalil in the search bar, and you'll find that show. But Khalil, I'd like to welcome you back and uh, joining us again for episode number 238. Time, time goes by. <laughs> Time goes by. It's been a while. It's uh, it's amazing. So congr- two hundred and whatever. Thank you. <laughs> Congratulations for being a a second visitor. Thank you. And Khalil is spelled K A L E E L. By the way, in case anybody wants to put that in the search bar and doesn't know how to spell it. Excellent. That's great. So, if you want to quickly share for our listeners a little bit about your your background, right? I'll go through it very quickly because I say it to myself all the time, but. I, my original my original life is as a journalist. As you and I have discussed, I worked for NPR, Christian Science Monitor, and was a, a lot of work as an editor-in-chief. And I began to feel I needed to do something more important for myself. And when a, a beloved animal of mine died, a particular cat, I became involved in animal communication where I picked up a certification and also Reiki for animals where I got a certification. And I began to find that people were suffering from the loss of an animal intensely, either through euthanasia or the cat or the dog or the horse that had other problems, and they had no one to turn to. Therapy just didn't seem able to handle the depth of loss. No one understood the animal-human bond. So I became concerned with the fact that no one was there to reach out and help people, and I became a certified pet loss and bereavement counselor. So I was able then to use all my modalities, Reiki, animal communication, tapping, or EFT, and of course certification as a pet bereavement counselor, just to be there for people who experience the bone marrow loss of a beloved of a beloved animal companion. So that's sort of it in a nutshell, and that's what I'm doing. So you were just talking about that traditional therapy in many cases isn't able to help with the loss of a pet. And you mentioned a few components that make it different, but I'm wondering if we can sort of go through those again. You know, how is pet grief different than maybe some other life transitions that we have? And why is it that we need a real dedicated, separate specialty? That's really a good question because people have said, well, people have lost and had and lost animals for hundreds of years, and why all of a sudden do we need this special day? That's a actually a brilliant question. I think people are only now, just now, beginning to understand the animal-human bond. I think that science is just beginning to understand that the loss of a pet a loss of an animal companion is profound. We knew that the loss of a parent or the loss of a sibling, the loss of a dear friend was horrific. 
We had traditions and customs to support that, church services, funerals, graveside uh, events, but there was nothing really that we could latch on to for the death of a pet, and so we kind of floundered. And as we began to understand, uh, there's an insurance company study that came out that said when people have lost a pet, they more often than not miss three to four to five days of work and their productivity declines 18 to 22% over a three-month period until they resolve the stages of mourning. So we're just now beginning to see that, look, something is happening here and we don't have a language for it. We don't have a tradition for it. And uh, as we respect that relationship and come to understand it, the need for someone to be there, especially specialized training, is becoming more and more apparent and acute. So you're talking about establishing traditions, things that we understand as being the process when a pet passes away. What are those traditions that you see starting to develop? Yeah, I think that, first of all, people need to, to know that their grief and their pain is authentic. They are experiencing people who might say, hey, it's only an animal. Or the, the shelter is full of cats. Go adopt another one. Or, For God's sakes, you're acting like it's a, a member of the family. So they become ashamed of these feelings and they, they keep these feelings in. They don't process these feelings. So number one, just being able to authenticate their own feelings and be able to say, yes, these feelings are real and there is a place with this particular counselor, and there is a place in this particular community where these feelings are recognized, and I don't have to be ashamed to hold them and to feel them. So that's huge. And number two, someone to talk to who's trained in helping a person move through the stages of, of grief, not unlike Kubler-Ross's stages of grief, uh, working through that, listening, uh, some exercises that we do to help move that along. So it's it's kind of now they can say, yeah, I, mostly I can honor these feelings and, and someone will listen to me and they won't laugh at me and think I'm being dramatic or being foolish. That's probably the bedrock of, of much of the work that we do, is reassuring people that they're okay, that this is a legitimate feeling. One thing we've seen in the press of, of recent time is the, the hashtag MeToo, talking about sexual harassment, and it seems like that's really brought awareness into the issue of sexual harassment in the workplace. And what I'm hearing is that we, as a society, don't really acknowledge the the grief that we feel when our pets pass away, and that we almost need a similar kind of movement to be able to acknowledge the fact that you know, it's it's okay to have the sadness after we lose one of our pets. Yeah, and think about, for example, a child in particular who has no real concept of death. The child may have had the dog or the cat from the time he or she was two or three and 15 years, they're 18 years old, that becomes a sibling in a way. But if the pet dies when the child is is, is young, it's probably the first experience they will ever have of death is the passing of the dog or the cat. And what do you say? You can't say, well, your pet went to sleep or your pet got sick because then they think, my God, if I go to sleep, am I going to wake up? Well, that's not 
comforting enough and it's not clear enough. So there's, there's that whole issue. And then if you're a senior citizen and you've been living alone and you're kind of in your last years and your animal companion dies and you all of a sudden feel guilty or you're thrown back on your own fear of dying and did I do enough? What am I going to do now? So there were layers and layers and layers of complex feelings from how do you talk to a child about this? What What does a senior do? In a divorce situation, the animal is often the being that has kept a couple together. And then there are these horrible divorces and the animal suffers and who takes the animal. And so there are levels of loss, not just euthanasia, but other kinds of losses that there is no one really to turn to and discuss it. We feel as, as, as grief counselors, our role is to, is to be there for these people and to help them work through the process. Not the closure, because nobody wants closure in a sense, but the resolution to be able to then think of the animal with, with, with maybe a smile on your face. The pain will never go away. Our job is not to try to eliminate the pain, but it becomes less. And the memories become maybe sweeter, and you recall maybe the funny moments, and the pain loses its sharp edges, and that really is our work to to kind of bring about that transformation. Do you struggle with self-care and taking time for yourself? Recharge and reconnect with your passion at the Rescue Me Retreat, a four-day, three-night getaway for animal caregivers, volunteers, and activists that focuses on managing compassion fatigue and burnout. During the retreat, you'll be surrounded by a small group of people that share your passion for helping animals. You'll be given a safe space to talk about some of the struggles that are inherent in animal welfare work, plus the opportunity to slow down, relax, and have fun. The Rescue Me Retreat will be held from June 29th through July 2nd on beautiful Lake Michigan and includes healthy meals, nature hikes, massage, group activities, and discussions, one-on-one sessions with compassion fatigue therapist Jennifer Blau, access to the beach and water activities, yoga, and more. Learn more at thecompassionfatiguepodcast.com slash rescue-me-retreat and get $100 off if you register before April 1st. You spend so much time taking care of others, you deserve this. Have you spoken with your vet about the Feline Fix by Five Months campaign? Fix by Five is a program to raise awareness about the importance of getting kittens fixed before they are five months old in order to prevent unplanned litters. Fix by Five has now been endorsed by all the major national veterinary organizations. We urge you now to make sure that your vet has this information and is able to share it with clients. To get the full story, check out Fix by Five Months website. Google Fix by Five to get all the information. Again, Google Fix by Five for free vet info packets, media kits, articles, and more. Remember, Fix by Five saves lives. Are there people out there that suffer from grief from the loss of a pet, but yet they transfer behavior in different ways? So, if our, would we see in our sheltering environment or just in our workplace in general, somebody who might be experiencing grief, but showing it in different ways and, and it's getting misdirected? And, and how would we help them if we saw that? Could you be a little more specific? I'm not sure. I... Yeah. So I'm just trying to think of a scenario where somebody has lost a pet, 
but but yet they don't know how to really verbalize it or be in touch with it. So they're like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. But then they're going off to the bar and having like five drinks at night or something like that. Is there a way for us around a person to be able to identify some some symptoms or some signs that they really need help and, and being able to connect those pieces? Or is is that just something that an individual has to be aware that they need this help and they have to do it themselves. Well, you could, Stacey, but you would also be intruding, too. I mean, so there is a delicate dance that takes place. Does this person want to to open up? And they may not to you, but they might. But, but you might be able to tell them. I mean, if it mentions it, that there are people who they could talk to. But I, I don't know that I would inject myself into a situation like that because— you know, when we lose an animal companion or for convenience sake, a pet, that often triggers off other losses that have not been resolved or sufficiently mourned, the loss of a parent that we never allowed ourselves to cry over, or God forbid, the loss of a child, or maybe even the loss of a dear friend. And so the loss of an animal then triggers off so many of these other losses. So you end up having a very complex situation. And if the, not, I mean, the relationship between the animal and the person sometimes is enough to cause profound grief. But when it triggers off other kinds of losses that have not been dealt with, then you have a full-blown situation on your hand that if you walk into that unprepared, you know, and you really could make the matter worse for yourself and for the person. Many of our listeners may have quite a few pets, or especially cats. They may own a lot of them. And I've worked with several folks that have had quite a few cats. I've had quite a few cats in my house. And you sometimes go through stages where you're losing quite a few pets, say like our cats. Like I say you adopted a litter of kittens, so you ended up keeping three kittens from the same litter. And they may end up passing away sort of in the same period of time. Is pet grief different when you're talking about like one isolated pet over many, many years versus someone who may be losing pets on a pretty regular basis? I think we have, I, that's a good question. I think we sort of tease that out somehow because certainly one of the questions that we ask in our intake form is, how long have you had this, this animal, this pet? I mean, obviously there's, there's a difference if the person has had a pet for five years and for six months, it doesn't automatically mean that the relationship with a five-year-old pet is deeper and more intense. In fact, the opposite could be true. But those are questions that we ask. Uh, because people love animals differently and with varying degrees of intensity. So how did the animal die is important. How long have you had the animal is important. Where are you now in relationship to each of these animals? How big a wave in your life was this animal? Meaning in what way was this particular cat different from other cats or other animals that you loved in your life? What did this particular cat teach you? Uh, what did this particular cat teach you? What do you need now with this particular cat and to make you heal and feel better? Is that different from what you need for this particular animal at this point? So I guess we try to kind of tease this out and ask the kinds of questions that might help them make and feel and express the differences. If that answers your question, I'm not sure. 
Yeah, no, it's that's good. And, and I'm going to take it to the next level, which is we also have quite a few folks that feed community cats, feed colonies of cats that are out there. And the one interesting, not interesting, but disturbing type of grief that I have seen over the years is when a longstanding feral cat from a cat colony disappears, probably most likely has gone off to die somewhere. That's our guess usually, but we don't have that that resolution. And you used the word closure earlier and talking about how we don't really want closure. We have to learn to live with things. And this is one of those scenarios that I find are, is probably the greatest challenge that, that we have as our colonies age. And that's that not knowing of what's happening with that cat that we have fed for 12, 14, 16 years and has now disappeared. You know, uh, this may, this may throw a wrench into that question, uh, but, but I get a version of that question a lot, especially in the neighborhood website where people are talking about a, a cat having left or a missing cat. I've often said that all cats that are missing are not lost, and, and all cats that are strays are not lost. And it's going to get complicated, but very often a cat leaves a particular home or a particular place because they want to do a walkabout. I'm not, they have goals and objectives of their own that they need to accomplish, spiritual purposes perhaps, or physical interests and needs, perhaps. So they take off and sometimes they come back. Sometimes they pass over in their journey. Uh, other times, of course, they're genuinely lost and other times they generally go to die. And that's where I use my annual communication certification in a sense to try to find out what the cat wants or what that cat is saying if that cat has passed over is that cat really lost and is there a description of where that animal is that he or she can communicate to me or, or maybe to to a more gifted lost cat finder so i mean it's complex yeah generally you're right if you had a cat for 15 16 years and they go off you would assume that they're going off to die but i I wouldn't necessarily make that assumption. There may be things they need to do before that, and you can't get between them and that. That's a very good point. Very, and, and the animal communication skills are really very beneficial. Yeah, a lot of, yeah, a lot of animal communicators won't deal with lost or missing animals. There are some that do because it's a complex process. I mean, I've dealt with lost or missing animals, but, but that's, I'm just simply using behavioral techniques when I do that because I know that the cat's under the neighbor's porch. Or, or I know that the cat has not been an outdoor cat and it's suddenly an outdoor cat because the screen door is left open and they're more scared than anything else and they're not going to go far and you have to use a certain approach. A feral cat is a different animal, quite literally, altogether, and their whole psychology and, and life viewpoint it's very different, and it can't it can't apply one size fits all to them. You know. Also, what's important is when I work with a client. You know, clergy don't help, and therapists don't help because they're often not trained and lost. But many people will say to me, "Will I meet my cat again? Is there a cat heaven?" 
I ask, you know, do you pray? What is your spiritual point of view? Do you include your animal in your prayer? Do you believe prayer is a form of communication with your animal? So where this person is coming from spiritually, as well as their emotional makeup, you know, is so critical in terms of how they deal with the passing of an animal and how they will recover and how quickly they will recover and what that process is like for them. What's the arc of that process is sometimes rooted in the spiritual natures is certainly in their emotional makeup. And as well as those other factors like how long they've had the animal and were they with him or her when he or she died and passed over? Did they have guilt for the Always the question is, did I act too soon in terms of euthanasia? Did I act too late? Should I have been there? Will my cat forgive me or dog forgive me or horse forgive me for not being there? I mean, these are hard questions, you know, but they they go to the essence of what our, our lives are all about in terms of love and loss and pain. So, Khalil, if folks are interested in finding out more about the work that you're doing, how would they find you? Well, I hope they never do. <laughs> of course, they, they could go to our website. They should go to our website, which is petgriefhelp.com. Again, petgriefhelp.com. And it's a very comprehensive website. It talks about how we work together, what our philosophy is. Contact information, of course. There is a fee for service. I'll, I'll say that right up front. And that's probably the best way. And then there's an intake form for them to complete. And then we can meet. We can meet by Skype. We can meet in person. We can meet by phone. I feel pretty confident that in most cases, two or three sessions uh, are really what it takes to get a person to, to be stable, but mostly the end result is for them to know. Sometimes they'll come for three sessions, Stacy, and don't want to talk about it at all. They'll talk about everything under the sun but the event. But but I know they know I'm here. And knowing I'm here is the security and comfort that they need. So I welcome people to look at, at, at petgriefhelp.com and if they find it they want to reach out. I'm, I'm here for them. And we had mentioned a, an ebook earlier. Is that where you can access that ebook too? Yeah, it might. Yeah, it's a fun ebook. It's a happy ebook. It's a colorful ebook. It, it's there on the site. It, it's a dialogue with a goldfish. It's some um, some basic tenets of animal communication. It's uh, fun images of a, of a life with a squirrel. It's just. A fun, happy, energetic ebook that will bring a smile to most people's faces and also maybe give them some basic information about how to communicate with their pet and, and what their pet is here to teach them or to show them or, or how that learning process works. And Khalil, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? No, I was joking when I said I hope they never find me meeting. I don't want anybody's pet to die. You know, I mean, if I had a magic wand, I would have them live forever, but they don't. And that's sad. They don't. And they're with us for a short time and they uh, bring out our better selves. And many times the sadness that we feel is that we have felt we are losing the better part of ourselves that they brought out for us. So I say to people who have lost 
a pet for whatever reason. Be patient. You know, don't be too hard on yourself. If I can help you, I will. But but above all, be certain that you know your pet loved you, regardless of what the relationship was or the the end stage was, the mistakes you thought you made. Your pet intuitively knows you loved him or her and loves you back and is always there for you. Now I'm going to cry. Well, Khalil, I want to thank you so much for agreeing to be a guest on my show. And I hope we'll have you on again in the future. I'm looking forward, Stacey. All the best to you. Have a good holiday season. Well, have a good holiday season in whatever season you're in this place. So enjoy. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. If you like the Community Cats podcast and would like to help promote Community Cats in your state, then we need you. We're looking for a couple of people from each state to be Community Cats ambassadors. What do you get by being an ambassador? You'll be mailed a promo kit of items to use to help promote the show at any event that you attend in your state. If you don't attend many events, hey, that's okay too. Do you have a network of people that love Community Cats? You can help with email and groups in your state to let them know about the CCP and offer them the benefit of Community Cat Swag. The more we can spread the word about the show, the more we can do to help cats across the country. Please email Stacy S-T-A-C-Y, at communitycatspodcast.com if you'd like to represent your state. Thank you. Wow.